and I look at country artists and I'm like, man, I feel like these all of them would be like super cool and mm-hmm. laid back. Yeah. But is there anybody who's just that you were just very like underwhelmed by? You're like, eh. Not in country music. Okay. But I had the opportunity to meet uh, William Shatner one time, Captain Kurt. Yeah. And hopefully he doesn't see this podcast. <laughs> I mean, but, it just uh, wasn't that cool, huh? But, but when I was a little kid, I used to pretend to be him, you know, Star Trek and and be Captain Kirk and shoot phasers and do all that. And um, so I, even when I was a little kid, I wrote him a letter and told him I was dying even though I wasn't, to try to get him to come, I know, to try to get him to come meet me and visit me. I didn't know how I was going to set up being in a hospital or doing all that, but I wrote him a letter and never heard back. I mean, so I hero worshipped him. Yeah. So he was making a speech at the O'Connell Center again, the O'Dome, and I got into the press conference and I, and I had a buddy of mine with me, James Pitt, who's now an actor in Hollywood, which is funny. But James Pitt was sitting beside me, and I said, I gave him the camera. I said, here, take the camera. When he's done talking, I'm going up there. I'm getting a picture with him. This is my hero. So sure enough, he finished his speech. I ran up there, grabbed his hand, shook it, and I said, hey, I'm Louis Togue, and I pretended to be you when I was a little kid. And can I take a picture with you, uh, sir? He looked at me dead in the eye and said, I thought this was a press conference, not a photo-taking contest. And he turned around and left. Are you serious? And I just... And just shrank. Were you like so heartbroken? Oh, really? Oh, man. But the funny thing is, right when I shook his hand, James took the picture. So it looks like we got a picture together. But it was milliseconds (laughs) before he turned around and, and, and left me, so... In today's podcast, we are joined by the legendary Lewis Stokes. Lewis started in radio in 1980 at an AM station in Lake City, Florida. Since, he has had stops in Maine, the United Kingdom, Jacksonville, and of course, right here in Gainesville, Florida, baby. Lewis started at 93.7 K-Country on March 11th, 1994. He's a veteran of the United States Air Force, an avid Gator fan, and one who loves bacon. You can catch Lewis on the air 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday and right now in today's episode of the WHOA GNV podcast. You are listening to WHOA podcast coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. I am your host, Colin Austin, and before we get into today's awesome episode, let me tell you guys a little bit about my friend and local legend, Patrick Young. You guys remember Patrick Young, right? Big man in the paint with all the muscles that led the Gators to three Elite Eight appearances, three SEC titles, and a 2014 Final Four season we will never forget. Well, if you don't know, Big Pat Young is now podcasting. He has partnered with our friends over at the Field of 68 to launch the Young and the Rowdies. Love it. A Florida hoop show that features interviews with the biggest and best names in Florida basketball history. Want to hear from Billy Donovan, Mike White, and Jeremy Foley? How about Teddy Dupay and Torian Green? Or do you want to get caught up on the lives of current players like Anthony DeRuji and Colin Castleton? 
this show is for you. Season two has kicked off just in time for basketball season. Subscribe and download The Young and the Rowdies anywhere podcasts can be found. You can also subscribe to the Field of 68 YouTube channel. You guys, Gator Nation, stay rowdy. (laughs) All right. I am so excited to get into today's episode. You guys, you're going to love this. I just know this one's going to be off the chain. I'm like amped, ready for this, y'all. Today on the show, we have a living radio legend. 42 years in radio and 27 of those years at the one and only 93.7 K-Country, the one, the only, Lewis Stokes. Hey, Colin. (laughs) What's up, man? Thank you for that intro. Of course. I I had to amp it up for you, my friend. How'd you know I've been in radio 42 years? That's pretty good. You told me, right? (laughs) That's the secret of podcasting. It's like, we we find out this stuff beforehand. Uh, Man, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for joining me tonight. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I mean, uh, your crew is great everybody's been so nice to me and, and hospitable I'm, I'm ready to go awesome man well uh, i always like to you know i'm sure a lot of people know your story and i'll be honest like i i really don't know your story i love to find out how people got to gainesville how okay. how their path just you know unfolded over this time and you know why you're even here why 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 you've stayed here this long right, you know right. all the good stuff man so right. just kind of unfold your story for me a little okay. bit okay all right my story um i was a junior in high school way back in 1980 and uh before that though when i was a little kid eight nine years old i dreamed of being a radio dj i mean that was my dream i pretended to be a radio dj when i was a little kid and uh i would even record pretend radio shows into a cassette player had a record player right beside me and would do commercials for eastern airlines and play music and and pretend i was a dj and pretended i was working at a radio station in my head you know and uh so i was a junior in high school and my brother-in-law owned a local car dealership in lake city and the car dealership did radio commercials he recorded them himself my brother-in-law at his house on a tape recorder so one uh, (laughs) evening i went over to his house and he was recording his commercial reading a script and um, i sat on the couch because i was just there to see my sister i'm 16 years old and um, he keeps messing up and messing up and messing up and I started, I started snickering because he was messing up so much. I feel like I can relate to right. your brother a lot. So, so, so he, I mess up all the time. So he got mad at me. Uh, he threw the script at me. And he said, here, you read it then. And the tape machine's still going. And so I said, okay. So I read the script. I said, come to Power Service. They got Cadillacs, Olsenmobiles, Pontiacs, Dotsons, which almost none of those exist anymore. But uh, Did you nail it? So I didn't know. I was just goofing off. (laughs) So he took the tape off the machine and said, here, we got to go to the radio station right now because it starts in the morning. So we, in the middle of the night, we drive to the radio station, knock on the back door. The DJ comes and he says to the DJ, use the best cut on the tape, meaning his voice, his commercial. Um, The next day, the owner of the radio station calls him and says, hey, who's that new voice on your commercial? And he goes, what are you talking about? He said, the new voice. He goes, oh, that's my 
brother-in-law. He's not supposed to be on there. And he said, wait a minute. We may have a job for him. Tell him to come by the radio station. <laughs> and Yeah, so uh, my mom drove me, because I didn't have my license yet. My mom drove me to the radio station. I interviewed. And uh, a couple of days later, I'm doing nights on an AM country radio station. And that was uh, 42 years ago. Okay, and that was in Lake City? That was in Lake City. Okay. Now, Gainesville, um, what happened was I joined the Air Force in 1986, got out in 1990, and I had a job at a GC 101 here in Gainesville, which no longer exists, and I took a job there. So that's where it started. My Gainesville connection was uh, about 1990, 1990, so. Okay. And I've been in Gainesville ever since. Okay, so what, like, where did this pivot happen in terms of going to the Air Force and stuff? So, because you were 16. That's a story in itself. Working in radio. (laughs) Yeah. Right? So 16, first radio job. Yeah. Doing those couple nights a week. Yeah. That was kind of like the seed, right? That's the seed? I've I've been like uh, six years into it. And my dad's a preacher. He's a Methodist minister. And uh, my mom's a school teacher. And he never thought being a DJ was a commendable trade to be in. So one day we were driving to a Wednesday night church service, and I was sitting in the back seat. And my dad says, son, uh, how's that radio job going? I said, oh, great, dad. You know, I got long, curly hair. I'm meeting fans and doing all this. I said, it's going great. He goes, he goes, you ever thought about going into the military? And I said, no, not really, dad. He said, well, you should think about it. And all of a sudden I started thinking about it. And I thought about the Air Force and those blue uniforms. And I said, man, those blue uniforms are pretty cool. And I said, eh, it can't hurt to go look into it. So I went and saw the recruiter at the main post office in Gainesville. It was downtown Gainesville. Went into the recruiter's office, and they reeled me in. <laughs> and then I kind of uh, paused my radio career for basic training and uh, went into the uh, Air Force. And then even when I was a policeman in the Air Force, I would work at the radio station in whatever town I was stationed at. So I stayed in radio, but I didn't do it full time. So was it like a Robin Williams, like, good yeah. morning, <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, when uh, you say Air Force yeah. and radio, I think probably everybody starts to think of that, in, right? They put me in law enforcement, okay. even though I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. They put me in law enforcement, but they said after a year, you can cross train into another career. So, But you have to take a test. So I went and took a radio test and uh, they put you in a sound booth and you read a script and you say, you know, uh, troop movements to the east and blah, blah, kind of like Good Morning Vietnam. You're talking about military stuff. Yeah. Well, I handed the script to him and said, I got this. I mean, I'm already a radio guy. So the test came back and I failed it. It said too nasally, uh, tonal quality is not right, uh, voice is not compatible with radio. <laughs> and, and just kind of mashed me into the ground. And I, and basically they said, go back to being a law enforcement person. And I said, 
okay. So, but I uh, persevered. Does that did that like amp you up at the yeah, time? It did, challenged that, like, me. That challenged it made me you, say, or were you right, like, did, did you I'll feel show defeated? You. Okay, I'll show you. You kind of ride with that chip on yeah. your shoulder. That's yeah. the same way I am. And somebody tells me that I can't do something, I'm like, oh, just hold on. I still, <laughs> I still have that chip to this day. Yeah. You know that. Oh, you want to doubt me? You think I can't succeed in this business having this terrible radio voice? Okay. I'll show you. Well, somebody would thought differently when you were 16. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So that's <laughs> right? the good thing. Right. I mean, do you think, like, looking back to that moment, I mean, is it, did, did it just feel like uh, destiny was calling? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, uh, so, it's almost like being discovered, right? Mm-hmm. That guy hears the recording mm-hmm. and I think all it was of a sudden it's like. Yeah, I think it's my calling in life. And I, I still go to work every day with the same passion as when I was 16 and I first got into radio. I still love it just as much today as I did 42 years ago. I mean, I, I absolutely love being in radio and uh, the people I've met, the people I've worked with. It's just, it's a dream come true. I'm living the dream right now. Is there any time where that passion you know, did kind of fall? Not. I mean, I understand that you've kept it, but you know, there's always those times in life, right? I feel like this happens to a lot of public speakers and stuff Mm -hmm. who get on stage, you know, you kind of have to show up for the audience, Mm -hmm. right? But Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily know what's going on at home. Maybe, you know, if you had a death in the family or something, you know. Yeah, I I mean, has there ever been a circumstance Mm -hmm. like that where you really had to, you know, think about the audience? And One time my my dog, Reba, died. Um, like the dog's 50, name was Reba. Y'all. Yeah, of course, country, <laughs> you know. But uh, but she passed away like oh. 15 minutes before I had to go on the radio, and uh, oh my god, and I had to uh, kind of suck it up. And even though I'm <laughs> crying and doing the show and everything, but a lot of people said we loved it because you were being real with us. And oh, so you just like brought it to I the told show? Them. I said, hey, my dog Rick. I may not be good today because my dog Reba passed away and another story similar um, my dad uh, had a stroke when he was driving one time and 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 had a car crash the EMT people knew that it was my dad and called the radio station request line to inform me that my dad had been in a accident. Oh my gosh! So yeah. you're like literally hearing it while I'm on you're the radio, on the air. While I'm on the radio. Oh my gosh! That my dad has had a car crash and doesn't look good, and and we're taking him to the emergency room at the VA in Gainesville. And uh, so and is that a time where you're like, hey, somebody needs to come fill in. I need to go. Eventually, but okay. I had to keep the go- show going until then. You know, put a long song on and kind of say, hey, <laughs> I gotta go. So uh, those things happen. And uh, the weird thing is I can talk easily to uh, hundreds of thousands of people on the radio and not flinch, but I have a phobia about talking in a drive-through on the microphone to someone in the drive-through. Are you serious? I, get, I just get uh, flabbergasted and almost shy and almost, uh, it's weird. No way. My phobia is <laughs> a talking in a drive-through microphone. So, uh, but put me on the radio, 
hey, everybody, let's do it. Woo. But I become a shy introvert. <laughs> Why don't you just like do the radio? I know I should. Right? I should do that. You know, or I'll be like, we're going to go in three, two, one. Yes, I will have a double cheeseburger. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Louis Stokes and I'd like to order a Big Mac and fries. And uh, if you could get me a uh, McFlurry with Oreos and that, too, we'll be good to go. Thank you, everybody. But no, I didn't. <laughs> Is for you, like when you get on the microphone, are you putting on a character like or is it is it's, it it's, you? I think it, I believe it's me because that um, I've been told another time that I didn't have a good radio voice. And that motivated me also. And I always said to myself, once that when that person told me that, I said, I may not have the greatest radio voice, but I'm going to work harder than anybody else. I'm going to be real. I'm going to be liked. And I'm, and people are going to the same name on my driver's license is the same name on the radio and that's kind of unheard of yeah. in radio I mean it, that's yeah. always been like a protection thing right yeah sure stalkers because you kind of become people like calling you at celebrity home. that kind sure. of thing but but Lewis Stokes off the radio is Lewis Stokes on the radio and and I'll tell them things from my life and you know, things going on if if I cut myself shaving and bled all over the place or, or you know make fun of myself you know things like that so okay yeah. so. so when you made this transition to Gainesville mm-hmm. you said it was for GC 101 GC 101 so how did yeah, you Gator country they called it okay <laughs> yeah, how so. did you land that that job I mean when did this yeah because you know, I know that you had, I mean, you had stops in Maine, mm-hmm. United Jacksonville. Kingdom, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. like these were all radio stops? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Like, so can you like kind of unfold the, that those little pieces for yeah. me? Yeah. So uh, I, uh, when I was getting ready to get out of the Air Force, um, you go through the uh, one ads for radio people and it lists job openings. And I put in for Charleston, South Carolina and Tampa and all these other places. And GC 101 had an opening. And so I sent a tape, a cassette tape and a resume to that station. And then they contacted me and then I ended up at a GC 101. I was there for about three years. And then uh, I got a job at QIK in Jacksonville. And I was there for a couple of years as well. But my dream was always to be near my hometown of Williston where I grew up and broadcast into Williston. And um, Z93 about 27 years ago was a top 40 station. Um, And I found out that they were gonna go country, that they were gonna switch. So I said to myself, if I get hired at Z93 while everybody's leaving the ship, and if I come in and ask for a job, they're gonna hire me on the spot. And that's what happened. I went to Z93. A friend, uh, Jeff Davis, tipped me off to the situation there. They hired me, and I was the last DJ on Z93, March 11th, 1994, and the first DJ on K Country okay. on March 11th. And I've been there ever since for 27 years. So. Okay, so quick question. Mm-hmm. Do you like chase the country DJ or like what did you ever DJ anything else yeah I've done uh, rock a little bit some top 40 adult contemporary at different stops and okay. formats when I was in Maine it was like a adult contemporary type station okay. uh, so it's like you were going after the jobs not necessarily the genres 
Yes, the job first, but country is my love. That's okay. what I grew up loving and still do to this day. I mean, to be able to be in radio and work at a country radio station, that's just the best of both worlds for me. That's so, awesome. Yeah, I love the I love the format. I love the in country music you have a relationship with the artist. Like if I was in top 40, um, I don't think I'm gonna get to know Beyonce or become friends with her, you know, somebody in top 40. But country, we get to know them and hang with them and do shots with them <laughs> and, and do fun stuff. Yeah. Those are the parties I want to get invited right, to. Right. Uh, yeah. That's so interesting. Me, I was like walking through an airport and like somebody nudged me and goes, hey, that was Florida Georgia line. I'm like, what really? <laughs> like, I've like, done yeah. shots with them. Before. Like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't even know. Like just walking in the airport, you know. Right. But I don't know. I think it, that's kind of <laughs> interesting. So, uh, so a couple questions around mm-hmm. around that part, right? Can I take a bourbon. So. Yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay. That's good. That's good. Really good. Mm-hmm. So. Is like who have you met that just like absolutely like blew your expectations? Mm. You're like, oh my gosh, this guy was this person, whoever it is, like was way cooler than right. I ever thought. Yeah, it was, it was way back early in the career um, when I didn't know better to to approach famous people, you know, get in their space and stuff. And uh, there was a George Jones, Merle Haggard, uh, Conway Twitty concert in Gainesville at the O'Connell Center, the O Dome. You know, Patrick and the Rowdies and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and what happened was uh, after George Jones went off the stage, um, I was backstage and saw him and just walked right up to him, you know, before the security came and everything. And I said, hey, Mr. Jones, I'm Lewis Stokes at GC 101. And, and I want to say, can I interview you real quick? And you don't do that. You're not right. supposed to do that. And the security guy was coming. I saw him and he's getting ready to <laughs> he's like, no. right, yank me out of there. And all of a sudden George said, sure, son, come on the bus with me. No. And, like, oh. and, and sure enough, uh, he waved the security guy said, no, nope, nope, let him come with me. He's coming with me. And George Jones walked with, I walked with him to his bus, got on his bus, sat on his bus with him. His wife, uh, Nancy, got me a drink and uh, while she's feeding the dog and stuff. And George Jones just sat there and, and talked to me for hours on end, Dude, telling, me, so cool. telling me stories and, and chatting with me. And we exchanged addresses and he sent me Christmas gifts while he was alive. And, oh my uh, gosh. It was cool. We had a Built that friendship. relationship in George those few Jones. hours. And it, it, that's awesome. And that same night, which is funny, I met Merle Haggard too. And he was drunk and he was just wobbling back and forth and he didn't even know that he met me. And, uh, and Conway Twitty was real quiet. But George Jones took me on the bus and and still to this day, I, I mean, when I was a little, I just sat there and went, I'm on a bus with George Jones right now. So, And most people know who they are yeah, I mean, outside of country that, music. I mean, that's... Yeah, that's crazy. I met Johnny that's a Cash, really cool story. which was almost reverent to be in his presence. I mean, he has this aura about him. You know, he was in Black, the Man in Black. I met Waylon Jennings, and uh, there was this, those legends did have those auras about them. Yeah, I mean, you just knew they were stars. And were they like? cool or were yeah, they you very know, cool I, I feel like i look at country artists and i'm like man i feel like these all of them would be like super cool and mm-hmm. laid back yeah but is there anybody who's just that you were just very like underwhelmed by you're like eh. 
Not in country music. Okay. But I had the opportunity to meet uh, William Shatner one time, Captain Kurt. Yeah. And hopefully he doesn't see this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) It just uh, wasn't that cool, huh? But but when I was a little kid, I used to pretend to be him, you know, Star Trek and and be Captain Kirk and shoot phasers and do all that. And um, so I even when I was a little kid, I wrote him a letter and told him I was dying even though I wasn't, to try to get him to come, I know, to try to get him to come meet me and visit me. I didn't know how I was going to set up being in a hospital or doing all that, but I wrote him a letter and never heard back. I mean, so I hero worshipped him. Yeah. So he was making a speech at the O'Connell Center again, the O'Donnell, and I got into the press conference and I, and I had a buddy of mine with me, James Pitt, who's now an actor in Hollywood, which is funny. But James Pitt was sitting beside me, and I said, I gave him the camera. I said, here, take the camera. When he's done talking, I'm going up there. I'm getting a picture with him. This is my hero. So sure enough, he finished his speech. I ran up there, grabbed his hand, shook it, and I said, hey, I'm Louis Stoke, and I pretended to be you when I was a little kid. And, and can I take a picture with you, uh, sir? He looked at me dead in the eye and said, I thought this was a press conference, not a photo-taking contest. And he turned around and left. Are you serious? And I just... And just shrank. Were you, like, so heartbroken? I was crushed. Oh, Oh, man. But the funny thing is, right when I shook his hand, James took the picture. So it looks like we got a picture together. But it was milliseconds (laughs) before he turned around and, and, and left me, so... But nobody in country music's ever been. Dude, I want to uh, like cut that clip, and I want to send that clip. <laughs> I want to like try yeah, my hardest me, to send this clip to nice him. Picture. Be like, yeah, you you owe Lewis. Right, I got to find him at a con here. somewhere or something and say you made me feel like you know what. So, what would you say is like the craziest story in your career? Oh gosh, there's. There's ones I can't tell. (laughs) That's the one I want to hear. I know. I I mean, this is the exclusive. Like, this is your first. We I discovered before this podcast. You. This is his first podcast. Yeah, it is. I mean, in all of your years on the microphone, this is your first podcast. So I feel so honored. Thank you. So to get an exclusive from you, (laughs) (laughs) to hear one of the craziest stories that you can't tell to anybody else. That'd be awesome. Man, that's 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 tough, Colin, because a lot of them would get me in trouble, <laughs> trouble. <laughs> trouble to this day. Yeah, we definitely don't want that. <laughs> right. Uh, there's some there's there's some definitely some crazy moments. I mean, um, there's I mean, there's moments where I've like gotten to fly with the Blue Angels and meet, you know, meet uh, politicians and and things like, like you that. You had to actually like yeah. be in the blue like when they were doing their formation type yeah, thing. Yeah, they made a they did a show in Gainesville at the airport and and they did incentive flights for the That's radio people. So amazing. It was cool. How did you so it was just for radio people? Like how yeah, do I get that TV, opportunity? Radio Is this going to be open to podcast people in the future? Like I, I'm sure <laughs> oh you can gosh, apply for it. Oh my gosh, that would be it. incredible. <laughs> Right. So that's awesome. Well, what would be a good crazy story? Okay. You want a stalker story with that? That's yeah. A... So, I mean, what kind of, because you, I mean, you were pretty transparent earlier saying, like, hey, your name is Lewis Stokes. That's true. You don't, you don't, you know, yeah. use yeah. a alias, right? So, right. well, I did have a stalker and we had this uh, celebrity cruise with Lewis Stokes to uh, Cozumel, Mexico to see Rascal Flats in concert. 
And the premise was you sign up for the cruise with me, and we cruise together to Cozumel, and uh, we go see Rascal Flats on the ship and go to a concert. Well, one of my uh, stalkers uh, found out about it and decided that they were going to go on the cruise too. And um, But when they went to get on the ship, they stopped them because she had ammo in her luggage. <laughs> and, and so they stopped her at first but somehow she talked her way onto the ship anyways but with ammo they took the ammo oh, but like, they what? still let her on the crew and this is one of the ladies that stalking me and uh so for the rest of the cruise everywhere i went there she was if i was at the bar she, she would be yeah she'd be making eye contact if i went to do an activity she was at the activity she'd never approach me she would just sit there and stare at me and stuff so my loyal listeners knew about this and they became my uh, guards, my guardians. And every time she showed up, they would sit with me. Or every time she showed up, they would stand around me and stuff and protect me. And that that was pretty wild. But it lasted the entire cruise. The whole so, time. Yeah. So. so but, I mean, just super annoying. Like, I mean. It can be. Yeah. See, because I don't, I don't consider myself a celebrity. But when you're well known if you're nice to somebody, they can take it the wrong way and take that niceness for um, affection or something like that. And then sometimes it gets amplified. So that, that can be scary. And me using my real name, I've gotten calls in the night where people call and hang up the phone or call and say things and do things. But I, I stick to it though. I'm just gonna be me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, cra- That's crazy. Uh, but there's right. wild stories involving artists where we've gone drinking uh, the same stuff we're drinking yeah. right here, you know, and, uh, and like low cash cowboys, them boys. I mean, one time we polished off a couple of bottles of Fireball. Is it just because like they're like they're in town for a concert and mm-hmm. you go to the concert and then mm-hmm. it's like after party type yeah, thing? Right. Or, okay. Yeah, kind of an after party. And uh, like Jason Aldean, he likes to do a shot with everybody before he goes on stage. I mean, right before he <laughs> goes on stage. I see that from Jason yeah. Aldean. And uh, his uh, main guitar player is named Jack Sizemore and he was with a local band here in Gainesville called House of Dreams. And... Um, and he and I kind of hit it off because we both are bald underneath our our caps, and uh, and he helped facilitate that. But uh, yeah, we uh, do a little shot, and then boom, he goes off on stage. It's it's pretty cool. I mean, they do make sure radio people are taken care of and loved on, and because they know that's the conduit between the fan and the artist is radio. All right, so. Uh, as a radio DJ, do you favor anybody because of those experiences that's that you've had? Que- that's a good question. Um, I mean, I love them all. I mean, George Strait's one of the coolest dudes in country music. Rascal Flats, they cut up a lot and do a lot of jokes. Um, Chris Young's great. I mean, there, there's so many of them. Luke Bryan, he's always got stories to tell and stuff. And uh, there's, they're, they're all just good down-home real people once you get to meet them and hanging out with them All right, which country star can drink anybody under the table uh, um jared neiman <laughs> okay uh, i've seen him drink a whole pitcher in one gulp almost no. <laughs> at a bar one time i mean an entire pitcher of beer and drank it down right in front of me in one gulp 
we were all amazed. So, okay. So I got a couple questions related to just radio and stuff in general. Like, is there like what is your favorite song to play mm-hmm. on the radio? Favorite song to play on the radio? Gosh, I like "Life Is a Highway" by Rascal yeah. Flatts. That's okay. a good one. I always sing along to that. And "Life Is a Highway." Yeah, I'm gonna, so that's, that's a fun. Song. Love that one. Um, gosh, what's another one? Probably be my go-to karaoke songs too. I like Luke Combs and his music and a lot of a lot of his songs and stuff. But uh, yeah, so do you ever get tired of country? <laughs> I mean, like, listen to, yeah. to it all the time. When I get right? in my like, car, I listen to different things to kind of decompress. Cause like what? I'm on the air for five hours. So a lot of 80s pop music and uh, some rock, classic rock. What's your favorite 80s pop song? 80s pop song. Oh, gosh. Uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by uh, Starship. Okay. That's probably... I know your crew here is probably going to be rolling their eyes. Soon. <laughs> They're probably like, who is that? What? Dude? What's he talking about? You know. Do you have a favorite country star? A favorite country yeah. star? Um, let's see. Are you not allowed to play favorites because well, <laughs> you're a DJ? I have to think. I mean, because I'm, I'm pretty I'd say probably the ones that are from this area I'm the closest to. Easton Corbin. Okay. He's a University of Florida graduate. He graduated with an agricultural degree at UF. And uh, he's had like three number one songs. And uh, he knows me by name. He grew up listening to me. So there's that bond right there. And then you got Michael Ray, who grew up in uh, uh, Eustis, Florida. He grew up listening to me. So it is funny to go backstage at a concert and they come up to you and say, man, when I was a little boy, I listened to you on the radio. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's very cool. So those those guys are probably my favorites that I st- stand up for because they're from this area and from yeah. florida so. that's that's very cool the uh you know i get so fascinated by the changes in the music business mm-hmm. over the years mm-hmm. you know i mean even when i was in college so i i, I thought for the longest time that that was going to be the direction of my life that i was going to be in the music business because i used to work at rock 104 okay yeah. when it, when it was, was a rock good station. training ground that was a <laughs> yeah. great training ground for and, djs and yeah. I was like, I was doing like, I was working on the promotions team. I was emceeing like Battle of the Bands. I look, you know, I look at, at a lot of that mm-hmm. and and I'm like, man, you know, I think that's where some of this comes from. Right. Because sure. I, I was comfortable on stage. I was comfortable on camera. You're comfortable doing that. Yeah, you know, it's just, yeah. it was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But I'm so fascinated by how much time, you know, mute the, the industry has changed it from has. then to now. Sure. Um, I mean, what's been the most surprising thing from your perspective when it comes to the, the music industry and the changes that have well, happened? I mean, when I started in radio, I was playing 45s and albums okay. <laughs> and things like that. And uh, now it's all digital and computerized and, uh, and you have to keep up with the technology. I mean, I've do you been, miss the old schoolness of I it? Do. You do. I do miss the organic nature of holding an album and yeah, right? putting that needle on there and making it drop in just the right place and queuing up a record and and doing all those things. And now it's all kind of digital, cold, antiseptic, can be corporate 
driven at times. There's a lot more competition for radio out there with all the services like Spotify and Pandora and streaming services. We have a lot of competition, but radio holds it on holds its own because we stay live and we stay local. And, yeah. and you're not probably going to find out about a local concert on those streaming services. You're not going to find out about uh, severe weather. You're not going to find out about traffic accidents you need to watch out for so you're not late for work. So local radio still, to me, holds its own against all the competition. So yeah. Is there... that, that, that's what I'd say is the biggest change is the, comp, the, the new formats to compete against radio. So traditionally, artists made their you know, money on the album sales, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And now it's on concerts. I mean, like, sure they did. Okay, yeah. so it's been hard since the pandemic, of course, right? To so have I mean, that money. I guess, like, because you know a lot of these artists, uh-huh. like, I'm. Have you had conversations with them around like the the subject of streaming services and these kind of things? Like, what is the general perspective from artists on like the direction of the music industry? Um. They, they like it. They, they push back. It. They 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 make albums kind of the whole thing available digitally now and download just individual tracks instead of a whole album. Right. And being old school again, there was nothing better than having an album with right. the picture on the front and the the lyrics on the back and holding that record and playing the whole thing from one side to the other straight through. You know from beginning to end. Now you just have a lot of individual tracks and things like that. But they make money off the downloads and the streaming and the and all that. So uh but they have it I have talked to artists that say they it they really took a hit and not being able to tour and go out on the road, you know, and do that. Is it still like the is there that hunger to get signed by a label? And sure. the reason I ask that is just because you see so much, you know, I, I, I see people who are starting to get discovered on TikTok. Yeah. You know, these artists who Priscilla get on there. Priscilla Block they, is a singer that we play now. She was discovered. On TikTok? On TikTok. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's crazy. And that's how she got a record deal. Okay, and now we're so, playing a song by her called Just About Over You. And, uh, and, it, and she was discovered that way. And uh, I've heard of others getting discovered on TikTok and uh I mean, that's where those platforms have really come mm -hmm. into play is that they've allowed the just anybody's at home in their bedroom Mm -hmm. to actually be discovered. Plus, you have the singing competition shows like The Voice and American Idol and and all those that are also outlets to get record deals. And uh, you, you don't get discovered as much singing in a club anymore. Like it ain't like Bluebird in Nashville anymore. I mean, they still have it, but the discoveries now are more on the uh, social media platforms and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is there uh, anybody that's like up and coming that you're just like super in love with? You're mm. just like, man, well, this is an artist to keep an eye uh, on for sure. Morgan Wallen's really impressed me because he's risen so fast. I almost still think of him as a new person. Um, but I mean, he's gone from nobody knowing who he is to superstardom just almost instantly i mean it's 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 amazing to watch him brand new ones um what happens in our job is when they first get their record deal the record companies bring them to the radio station and they perform 
for us in the radio station and that's when we first get to meet them and there's been some recent ones there's an artist named frank ray who came by and uh he used to be a a policeman like me and we hit it off real big and he's got a great voice but they all got great voices i almost think it's just lightning strikes if you make it and make it big because they're all so talented yeah i've never met an untalented person that got a record deal you know and uh it's just fortunate things happen it's meant to be i mean you're a longtime gainesville guy yeah so like oh, let yeah. me let me ask you a Gator little bit fan, about gainesville, gainesville I mean, guy. what's the most surprising change in all of your time here in gainesville hmm. is there anything that stands out to you uh the way it i guess the way it's grown i mean celebration point go out there and you don't even know you're in gainesville it's just a whole different world there and I guess just the growth of Gainesville, but it's still for the better cool. or for the worse. How do you like I think what's your for perspective? The better, okay, because you got more options for entertainment, you got more options for restaurants. But I mean, you can still go to Satchel's and get a pizza. Yeah, exactly. You can still go to the Thirteenth Street Wall and paint on that. You can still um, see the Tom Petty mural uh, off of uh, Main Street. Um, yeah. And I'm very impressed with the Cade Museum and places like that. Cool. I mean, Gainesville's got culture, diversity. It's got all kinds of music. It's one. It's just the coolest town. I mean, I love Gainesville because it's just a little bit of everything. Yeah. And it's right in the middle of the state. You can go to the beach. I know. That's north, what I love about it. You can yeah. go south. You can go. And <laughs> it's centrally located. And you got... And you got the energy of the of the university and Santa Fe, and uh, it's just a little bit of everything for me. So I don't mind commuting like I do. So, is there anything that you feel like we still need to work on, still need to change? Anything hmm. that you'd like to see changing? Wow. That's yeah, a, it's a big question. Like, uh, because yeah. I mean, you know, I kind of just dive into the fact that why we're doing this podcast is uh -huh. just to to really grow and impact this community, right? And I'm sort right. of throwing these ideas out there. Like, mm -hmm. if there's anything that's ever stuck out to you? Like, man, Gainesville really needs this. Hmm. I, I mean, I'm a big go out and eat person. It, okay. and I just think it could never not have enough. Uh, restaurant chains and franchises and things like that and you'll go to other cities like knoxville or somewhere and they got a certain restaurant there and you go man why isn't this in gainesville why are they keeping this restaurant from being here you know and things like that but but other than that i mean i, lo I love gainesville yeah I me mean, too i love food mm -hmm. too yes. <laughs> I'm, right. on, I'm on board with that right uh, I mean you could eat somewhere different every day for 365 days and go to a different place you know so, yeah but i mean i love burgers i like burger fi and a relish and all those local burger places too so. yeah so my my final question well second to last question okay. <laughs> uh i always do that don't i <laughs> well my last question then six questions later um yeah, so so what is your dad like what did your dad think as you grew you know in this profession you oh, know, like yeah. he was like hey don't you think you should like what about the air force right. i mean obviously you've made a, yeah. a pretty significant significant career out of it i yeah. mean what did, what did he think throughout the process is he still like oh man like you were <laughs> before a DJ? before he got into that accident yeah had the stroke and passed away uh, probably a week before that we had sat out in front of his place in Williston on a couple of a plastic chairs out in the front sat down talked about my radio career it came up the subject came up 
And my dad did tell me, he said, son, you know, I, I really am proud of you and what you've done with your radio career. So many people come up to me and tell me that they listen to you on the radio. And, and, and he goes, you know, you're kind of doing what I did as a preacher, but you're just talking to more people, a bigger audience. And, and he told me he was proud of me and, uh, and that I made the right decision. So I got that closure there. And uh, he passed away not too much not too far after that so yeah thanks so much for coming on the show man yeah it's been a blast i've enjoyed this is, it this has been fun it's, just, it's just cool to have the opportunity to you know to interview you after listening to you so much <laughs> and hearing your voice right. all the time i'm like all right let me make sure i get in my <laughs> voice enough in this ep- in this episode <laughs> right. i hope i didn't over talk too much no no it was yeah. no it was awesome man it was awesome you know these questions, I feel like, are questions that don't get answered enough. You know, you don't get to ask them, and it's right. like, ah, oh, well, I'll tell you the I'm wild very stories that off I got, the mic. Okay, <laughs> I'm honored that I got the opportunity to ask a lot of these questions. So, okay. thanks for joining me. And uh, where can our audience, you know, connect with you? Where can they stay in tune, like with everything going on? Yeah, I mean, I've got my own uh, Facebook fan page, so you could just uh, you could search Lewis Stokes, you know, L E W I S, not L O U I S, L E W I S S T O K E S. I've got a fan page. I'm on Twitter, uh, L Stokes ninety three, Instagram, L Stokes ninety three. Um, so that's pretty much them. I mean, I got a Snapchat, L Stokes ninety three, <laughs> and uh, even at my age. But uh, what's your favorite social media platform? Um, basically Facebook, but I really enjoy Instagram too because you can, I, I do different things on both platforms. Someone, a country artist, uh, Granger Smith told me a long time ago, don't post the same thing repetitively on the same the three platforms. platforms. Give each one something a little bit different. Mm. So like if I'm on Instagram, and it's a picture, it's a different angle or it's a different pose, it's a different view. What I put on Facebook's not the same picture. I'm not sharing it to Instagram. I'm doing something different for Instagram to give them a compelling reason to go to Instagram. So this guy knows what he's doing. Uh, Listen to this. Let's have, I a, have we, a plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's awesome. That's yeah. good stuff, man. But I learned that from advice people give me and stuff, you know, just make each platform unique. Hey, I agree wholeheartedly. It's awesome. Thanks again for coming on. Yeah, this has been a lot pleasure. of fun. And, uh, Cheers to you. <laughs> thank you. I'm on 10 to 3, Monday through Friday go, on 93.7 K Country. Definitely check him out. He's great, you guys. And thanks so much to the team that makes all this possible. James Leitner, Sarah Lentz, and to our awesome intern team as well, Trinity, Gianna, and Noah, for all of your hard work. Podcast fam, remember that you can find the links to our incredible sponsors at whoagnv.com slash sponsors. We also put links to them in the show notes, so definitely check out the show notes or the description of the episode. And special love this episode to our friends over at the GNV Commercial Advisors at Collier's Gainesville. If your business has ever bought land, sold property, or negotiated a lease, you know why it's important to have someone in your corner who knows the market and delivers results. That's why you see so many Collier's Gainesville signs all over town. The GNV Commercial Advisory Team of Collier's Gainesville has the most experienced commercial real estate team in the market, along with access to a global network of industry experts. Trust me, with one call, you'll know why so many businesses 
businesses trust them. Learn more at colliers.com slash Gainesville. And when you contact them, be sure to say, I heard you on the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go. Give me your best whoa. 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 We will see you later. Bye. Mm-hmm.